ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then, starting on chapter 110, مُلَازَمَةُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لِلْإِسْتِغْفَارِ This chapter is going to discuss how the Prophet ﷺ was constantly seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How the Prophet ﷺ was always making istighfar, always asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. لَقَدْ كَانَ إِمَامُ الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَقُدْوَةُ الْمُوَحِّدِينَ وَقَائِدُ الْغُرِّ الْمُحَجَّلِينَ الرَّسُولُ الْكَرِيمُ صلى الله عليه وسلم كثير الاستغفار والتوبة إلى الله مع أنه صلى الله عليه وسلم قد غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وما تأخر Mentions here that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم He was always making استغفار seeking forgiveness and tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even though his past sins and future had been forgiven. Even though غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن ذَنْبِهِ وَمَا تَأَخَّرْ His sins that had passed and those in the future they had all been forgiven, and yet he was constantly making istighfar, constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness, constantly repenting. In the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Fatih, at the beginning, إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ وَيُتِمَّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَيَهْدِيَكَ صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا In these ayat, you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ That Allah forgives you for that which has preceded from your sins and that which is to come. وَيُتِمَّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ And He perfects His blessing upon you and guides you to the straight path. And in As-Sahih Al-Bukhari, Sahih Al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, Hadith of Aisha, radiyallahu anha, qalat, 
كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا صلى قام حتى تتفطر رجلاه that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, when he used to pray, the night prayer, he would pray to such an extent that his feet would become swollen, or that even they would become blistered from standing in prayer for so long. فَقُلْتُ لَهُ So Aisha radiyallahu anha says, So I said to him, Ya Rasulallah, O Messenger of Allah, أَتَسْنَعُ هَذَا وَقَدْ غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ أو غَفَرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرُ She said that I said to him, O Messenger of Allah, you do this, meaning pray that long and the feet become swollen or blistered. You do this, and yet Allah has forgiven for you what has preceded and what is to come of your sins. Past and future, Allah has forgiven you, and yet you do this, meaning you pray that long that your feet become swollen or blistered. فقال, so he said, Ya Aisha, O Aisha, Afala akunu abdan shakura. Should I not be a grateful servant to Allah? Should I not be a grateful servant to Allah? Afala akunu abdan shakura. Qala ibn Kathir rahimahullah. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala said, هَذَا مِنْ خَصَائِصِهِ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ أَلَّتِ لَا يُشَارِكُهُ فِيهَا غَيْرُهُ This is from those affairs that are specific to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And nobody else participates in this affair. وَلَيْسَ فِي حَدِيثٍ صَحِيحٍ فِي ثَوَابِ الْأَعْمَالِ لِغَيْرِهِ غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ وَمَا تَأَخَّرُ And there is no authentic hadith regarding anyone else that the reward they've been given is all of their sins past and future forgiven. This is only mentioned about the Prophet ﷺ. And there is no authentic narration about that regarding anyone else. As Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned. And then he said, وَهَذَا فِيهِ تشريف عظيم للرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم that this has within it therefore a great nobility for the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو صلوات الله وسلامه عليه في جميع أموره على الطاعة والبر 
And imagine he says, he says the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in all of his affairs was upon obedience and righteousness, piety, uprightness, that nobody else besides him achieved. The amount of worship and righteousness and piety that the Prophet ﷺ was upon, nobody else achieved. La min al-awwaleena wa la akhireen. Neither from those who came before nor after. Nobody else achieved that level. Wa huwa akmalu al-bashar. Ala al-itlaq. And he is the most complete and perfect of all of mankind. وَسَيِّدُهُمْ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ And he is the leader of them in this world and the afterlife. وَمَعَ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ So now, and that's the end of the quote of Ibn Kathir, now we can see that despite that great status of the Prophet wasallam. That level of status that the messenger had. يُكْثِرُ فِي جَمِيعِ أَوْقَاتِهِ مِنَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ Despite being the best of mankind, the most obedient of mankind, the most pious, the most righteous, forgiven for all of his sins, despite all of that, he was still constantly seeking forgiveness, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَانَ الصُّحَابَةُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ يَحْصُونَ لَهُ فِي مَجَالِسِهِ الْإِسْتِغْهَارَ الْكَثِيرِ And it's mentioned how the companions, when they used to sit with him in the gatherings, they used to notice from him the huge amount of times that he used to seek forgiveness. When they would sit in him, sit with him in the gatherings, when they would sit with him in the gatherings, they would count and recognize and realize the huge amount of istighar that he would do. It's mentioned in Sahih Muslim. Anil Aghar al-Muzani radiyallahu an Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Innahu لَيُغَانُ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِي وَإِنِّي لَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ فِي الْيَوْمِ مِئَةَ مَرَّةِ He said, regarding his istighfar, إِنِّي لَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ فِي الْيَوْمِ مِئَةَ مَرَّةِ That I seek forgiveness from Allah in a day a hundred times. And in the Arabic language, the usage of the phrase a hundred times doesn't necessitate that it's exactly one hundred. It just means a large number. Just like in English when you say to somebody, I've told you this a hundred times. doesn't mean it's exactly one hundred you told them. It just means you've told them many, many times. Told you this a hundred times. 
And the same kind of thing occurs in Arabic in some of these narrations. So here it says the messenger used to seek forgiveness a hundred times a day. But the scholars, they said that doesn't necessitate exactly 100. It just means a lot, a lot, a lot of times during the day. وَرَوَى الْبُخَارِيُّ فِي صَحِيحَةٍ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ And Imam al-Bukhari reported in his Sahih al-Bukhari from Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu he said Sami'atu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul Wallahi inni la astaghfirullaha wa atubu ilayhi fil yawmi akthara min sab'ina marrah That the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said by Allah, indeed I seek forgiveness from Allah and I repent to Him in a day more than 70 times. More than 70 times. And a person needs to reflect on these kinds of narrations. Perhaps a person doesn't even seek forgiveness once a week. Maybe he only remembers every now and again to seek forgiveness for his shortcomings and his errors and to repent. And the messenger says over 70 times, a hundred times, so many times in the day seeking forgiveness and repenting. Warawa Abu Dawood wa Tirmidhi wa Ibn Majah عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال كنا نعد لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في المجلس الواحد مئة مرة رب اغفر لي وتب علي إنك أنت التواب الرحيم إن ذي حديث عبد الله بن عمر ابن الخطاب رضي الله عنه he says, we used to count from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in one sitting, in one sitting, in one gathering, we would count from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam a hundred times him saying, Rabbi ghfir li, O my Lord, forgive me. وَتُبْ عَلَيَّ And accept my repentance. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed you are the one who is oft uh, merciful, uh, oft forgiving and accepting of the repentance. He said we used to hear this from the messenger a hundred times in a single gathering, in a single sitting. وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ عَنْهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ صِيَغٌ عَدِيدًا And it is mentioned or established from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم seeking forgiveness in multiple forms, multiple different types of statements to seek forgiveness. One of those that he would say, أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ I seek forgiveness from Allah and I repent to Him. 
قال أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه منشن دن حديث إن صحيح ابن حبان وذا مسنجا يسيز أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم جمع الناس فقال that the messenger gathered the people and then said Ya ayyuhannas tubu ila Allah O people repent to Allah Fa inni atubu ilayhi fil yawmi mi'ata marrah For indeed I repent to him in a day a hundred times That is the first narration from An-Nasai, not Ibn Hibban, An-Nasai. That narration is in the Sunan of An-Nasai, where Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gathered the people and said to them, O people, repent to Allah, tubu ila Allah. Because indeed I repent to Allah a hundred times a day. Then there is another narration. And this next one is in the Sahih of Ibn Hibban. <coughs> in this one, it is mentioned that he said, Astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi. And this is where Abu Huraira said, مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَكْثَرَ مِنْ أَنْ يَقُولُ أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That I have never seen anyone who says, أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ وَأَتُوبُ إِلَيْهِ more than the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I have never come across anyone who says that more than the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is what Abu Huraira mentioned. Also, from the phrases that the messenger would use, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in seeking forgiveness and making tawbah, Rabbil firli wa tub alayya إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ My Lord, forgive me and accept my repentance. Indeed, you are the one who accepts the repentance often and is the oft merciful. Also, there is a hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. أَنَّ أَبَا بَكْرِ قَالَ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That Abu Bakr said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم عَلِّمْنِي دُعَاءً أَدْعُو بِهِ فِي صَلَاتِي Teach me a dua Abu Bakr said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Teach me a dua that I can use in my prayer Teach me a dua that I can supplicate with in my prayer. Qal, the messenger said, Qul, say, 
Allahumma inni zalamtu nefsi zulman kathira. O oh Allah, indeed I have wronged myself greatly. وَلَا يَغْهِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتْ And nobody forgives the sins except you. فَاغْفِرْ لِي مَغْفِرَةً مِنْ عِنْدِكَ وَارْحَمْنِي So forgive me with a forgiveness from yourself and have mercy upon me. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Indeed, you are the oft-forgiving, the oft-merciful. In another narration of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu anhu, in al-Bukhari al-Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions, أَنَّهُ كَانَ يَدْعُو بِهَذَا الدُّعَى That the Messenger وسلم, used to make this dua. اللهم اغفر لي خطيئتي وجهلي Oh Allah forgive my error and my ignorance Forgive for me my errors and my ignorance وإسرافي في أمري And my excessiveness or wrongdoing in my affairs Forgive my wrongdoing or misplacing of my affairs. وَمَا أَنْتَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِ مِنِّي And forgive me for that which you are more knowledgeable about me than myself. Forgive me for that which you are more knowledgeable about me than myself even. Allahumma اغفر لي جدي وهزلي وخطئي وعمدي وكل ذلك عندي اللهم اغفر لي ما قدمت وما أخرت وما أسررت وما أعلنت وما أنت أعلم به مني أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر وأنت على كل شيء قدير فرأو الله forgive me uh, whether it's in my seriousness that I did something or in my jokingness whether seriously or joking forgive me for my affairs whether it was by error or forgetfulness or whether it was intentionally, and كل ذلك عندي, all of those affairs, they exist in me. اللهم اغفر لما قدمت وما أخرت. Oh Allah, forgive for me what has proceeded from me and what is to come, and what I have concealed and what is open, and you are more knowledgeable of my affairs than myself, and you are the one who brings forth or puts back and you are the one who is all capable of everything. And another version in Sahih Muslim. Annahu kana min akhiri ma yaquluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bayna tashahudi wa taslim. That the last thing the Prophet ﷺ used to say in his prayer before the final salam, after the tashahud in that final sitting, before the final salam, he would make this extra dua also, which was, Allahumma ghfirli ma qaddamtu wa ma akhartu, wa ma asrartu wa ma a'lantu, wa ma asraftu. 
وَمَا أَنْتَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِ مِنِّي أَنْتَ الْمُقَدِّمُ وَأَنْتَ الْمُؤَخِّرُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ That our Allah forgive for me that which has preceded and that which is to come. And that which I have concealed and that which is public. And that which I have gone to excess in or wrongfully carried out my affairs in. And that which you are more knowledgeable about me than I am of myself. You are the one who brings forth or delays and there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you. That is a dua mentioned. It can be read in the prayer before the final salam is given. وَمِنْهَا وَهُوَ أَتَمُّهَا وَأَكْمَلُهَا And the most complete of the types of seeking forgiveness, the supplications for that, is what is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari from Shaddad ibn Aws رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال سيد الاستغفار أن يقول العبد that the head of all of the seeking forgiveness, the supplications the head of them all is that a servant says اللهم أنت ربي لا إله إلا أنت أو الله you are my lord and there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you خلقتني وأنا عبدك you created me and I am your slave you created me and I am your slave وأنا على عهدك ووعدك ما استطعت أعوذ بك من شر ما صنعت أبوء لك بنعمتك علي وأبوء بذنب فاغفر لي فإنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت That I am upon your covenant and your promise as long as I am capable of and I seek refuge from that which I have performed and done and I return to you in, in your favor and your blessing upon me. And in terms of my sin, I seek forgiveness from you for myself. For indeed, none forgives the sins except you. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ لَمَّا كَانَ جَامِعًا لِمَعَانِ التَّوْبَةِ مُشْتَمِلًا عَلَى حَقَائِقِ, على حقائق الْإِيمَانِ متضمنا لمحو العبودية وتمام الذل والافتقار فاق سائر صيغ الاستغفار في الفضلية وارتفع عليها This particular dua, this last one اللهم أنت ربي لا إله إلا أنت خلقتني وانا عبدك وانا على عهدك ووعدك ما استطعت أعوذ بك من شر ما صنعت أبوء لك بنعمتك علي أبوء بذنبي فاغفر لي فإنه لا يغفر ذنوب إلا أنت This one is comprehensive It incorporates many of the different aspects when seeking istighfar And as a consequence of that it has more virtue and is more elevated as the best form of supplication in seeking istighfar. Ibn al-Qayyim said, فَتَضَمَّنَ 
هذا الاستغفار تضمن هذا الاستغفار الاعتراف من العبد بربوبية الله وإلهيته وتوحيده Within that dua, that seeking of forgiveness is a recognition and acknowledgement from the servant regarding the lordship of Allah, the rububiyyah of Allah, and the uluhiyyah, the worship of Allah, and the tawheed of Allah. It's all in those words of the dua. وَلِعْتِرَافْ بِأَنَّهُ خَالِقُهُ الْعَالِمُ بِهِ and there is an acknowledgement that Allah is your creator and He is the all-knowledgeable about you. إِذْ أَنْشَأَهُ نَشْأَةً تَسْتَلْزِمُ عَجْزَهُ عَنْ أَدَاءِ حَقِّهِ وَتَقْصِيرِهِ فِيهِ Because this dua, it is started in a manner that indicates your weakness before your Lord and your shortcoming before your Lord. وَلِعْتِرَافْ بِأَنَّهُ عَبَدُهُ الَّذِي نَاصِيَتُهُ بِيَدِهِ وَفِي قَبْضَتِهِ And within that dua you say, I am your slave. So you are acknowledging that you are a servant and a slave of Allah under the power and control of Allah. لَا مَهْرَبَ لَهُ مِنْهُ You have nowhere to escape away from Allah. وَلَا وَلِيَّ لَهُ سِوَاهُ And you have no other protector besides Allah. ثُمَّ الْتِزَامُ الدُّخُولِ تَحْتَ عَدِهِ وَهُوَ أَمْرِهِ وَنَهِيهِ And then you also emphasize that you are under the command and the ruling of Allah. So all of these types of affairs in this particular dua, they are from the means of why this dua is elevated and raised as the best of the duas to make when seeking forgiveness. وَمِن صِيَغِ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ الَّتِي وَرَدَتْ عَنْهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم ما رواه البخاري عائشة رضي الله عنها And another one of the forms of seeking forgiveness that is mentioned from عائشة رضي الله عنها in صحيح البخاري She said أنها سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وأصغت إليه قبل أن يموت وهو مسند إليها ظهره يقول She says that she heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and she listened to him carefully before he died and he was leaning his back on her, that he was leaning on her, she was supporting him, and she was listening to him carefully prior to his death, and he was saying, Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, walhiqni birrafiq al-a'la, that oh Allah, forgive me, and have mercy upon me, and cause me to be with al-rafiq al-a'la, meaning to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was prior to his death in the illness of death. وَفِي هَذَا إِشَارَةً إِلَى مُلَازَمَتِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لِلْإِسْتِغْفَارِ فِي كُلِّ أَوْقَاتِهِ وَجَمِيعِ أَحْيَانِهِ إِلَى آخِرِ الْحَظَاتِ حَيَاتِهِ 
حياته الكريمة صلوات الله وسلامه عليه This indicates that the Prophet ﷺ was maintaining and continuing upon seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all times, all circumstances, <coughs> even right up to when his death occurred. Even right up to the final moments, he was seeking forgiveness and repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَكَمَا أَنَّهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانَ يَخْتِمُ عَمَالَهُ صَالِحًا كَالصَّلَاةِ وَالْحَجُ وَقِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ وَسَائِرِ مَجَالِسِهِ بَلِسْتَغْفَارِ فَقَدْ خَطَمَ حَيَاتَهُ كُلَّهَا بِهِ And just like during his life, the Prophet ﷺ used to end his various actions, hajj and prayer and uh, the night prayer and all of the other, his gatherings, etc. Everything he used to end it with seeking forgiveness. He would seek forgiveness at the end of all of his worships and his gatherings, constantly seeking forgiveness. And in the same way, right to the end, at the end of his life, he sealed it with seeking forgiveness also. Just like he would seal all of his worships and his sittings by seeking forgiveness, even at the end of his life he sealed it. In those final moments he was still seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then here the shaykh he makes dua. رَزَقَنَا اللَّهُ حُسْنَ الْاِقْتِدَاءِ بِهِ وَلِاتِّبَاعِ لِنَهْجِهِ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the means to properly follow him and to be upon his methodology. And نسأله, نسأله سبحانه أن يرزقنا الخاتمة الحسنة And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a good end. إنه سميع مجيب Indeed he is the one who is all hearing and answers. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحابه أجمعين That there is the end of volume 1 but actually part 2 because this book is actually 4 parts this book is actually 4 parts that volume there is part 1 and part 2 Part 1 and part 2 covers all of that, what we've been doing over the last 30, 40 lessons or something now. And we haven't done every single chapter, we've missed out some chapters in between, but we've covered the overall book. Overall, we have an idea about all of those sections uh, on different aspects of dua. You remember at the start it was about the virtues of dua, about the best types of supplication, about the Qur'an and the recitation of the Qur'an and that being the best form of dhikr. There were lots of chapters we covered throughout in the last 30-40 sessions now. I think we started this before COVID. So then there was the break. After? Before I think. Before. I think briefly before, then there was a big break and all the classes were stopped because of the COVID. And then we came back and then we continued with it from like August or something now. About a year now, I think. So maybe a year or so now. 40 lessons or so, I think, so far. 
So now then, it's up to everybody what to do to proceed from this moment onwards. There is a second volume, and it's different topics. This topic now is finished on these sections. There is a second volume like this, part three and part four of the book. And that carries on with many other different topics surrounding the issues and fiqh of supplications, of dua, of dhikr, of these kinds of topics, but different subjects. So we can carry on with that. We can carry on with that and finish that and do volume three and four. The same style, not every single chapter, but covering the main points and the main chapters. And there'll be different topics. They're not the same topics, different topics around the same subject. So we could carry on, inshallah, finish the second part as well, because it is all one book together. Two volumes, four parts, they are supposed to go together. So continue and finish that. So we'll continue with the next section, and uh, some of you now have the big one anyway, it's all in one book. All of it printed together as one big book. So we'll carry on and finish the second half from next or from next session, uh, after next week, inshallah ta'ala. Any other questions then, up to there? That was that particular one. No. That one, uh, uh, that specific one. You say that before sleeping. Before sleeping. That, I mean, it can be said anytime. Because seeking forgiveness, it is not restricted. So seeking forgiveness can be done at any time. Before going to sleep, you seek forgiveness. You can make the dua for seeking forgiveness. And there is nothing wrong with that. Because seeking forgiveness is at all times... So you could do that prior to going to sleep. You do that dua. During the day you do the dua. And then you do the actual fixed supplications of going to sleep. This isn't a fixed one for going to sleep. This is a general one. You can do it at any time. You could do it at that time or other times too. Anybody else? Is it permissible to work in pharmaceutical companies? Pharmaceutical companies, the only problem might be like some of the brothers who work as pharmacists, they have been mentioning, you have to get involved in certain types of medicines that may technically not be permissible Islamically. Uh, could be ingredients. Ingredients, though, may not be a major problem because of the issue of istihlal and all those things that the ingredients, where they've come from to what they have become, it is nothing of the original source. It's like when they talk about gelatine. Gelatine in uh, 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 foods, some scholars say it's okay. And the reason being because that gelatine is no longer anything to do with that cow that it came from or uh, that chicken that it came from. You could never reverse that sweet. No matter what science you use, you would never be able to reverse it and get the gelatine out now. It's gone, it's finished in there. There's no such thing left as any cow or any any. Uh, chicken or anything left in there now it's completely mangled and mixed and gone in there changed its complete compound so some of the scholars say it's no longer considered to be from the cow or the or the chicken or connected it's changed altogether so that may not be a major problem but in some cases if there isn't that much change that could be one problem but the other problem is these kinds of medicines that are created uh, for purposes that are maybe not permissible so, you know, things to do with women and pregnancy and those types of affairs may not particularly really be permissible to make certain types of medicines. 
So you have to look at the types of medicines they make, if some of them are Islamically impermissible, and also maybe ingredients could sometimes come into the issue as well, especially if you are at the early stages and you're in the process of production in those areas. So you have to maybe look at those kinds of things. Uh, any job, any field, any career, you always just have to look at what's the job description, what are you expected to do, what's your role going to be, and then judge all of those things onto the sharia. Is that action or doing this or doing that going to be permissible, Islamically speaking? Uh, because, you know, sometimes like when the scholars, they talk about supermarkets. They say, it's okay, if you have to work in a supermarket, you can work in a supermarket, even though on aisle 27 somewhere, they're going to be selling alcohol. But because of the way that it is, a huge supermarket, aisle 27 down there is alcohol, you're on aisle number two, sorting out the vegetables or whatever. They say, khalas, there's a, a disconnect between the affairs. So maybe there could be things in the pharmaceutical company that are outright haram, but again you have to judge the whole thing. Is there a complete disconnect between where you are and between where that is occurring? So there's no general answer to it. You'll have to look into the specifics of what happens, how it happens. And uh, really, if anybody wanted to go into it, you'd have to speak to people who are in that field, who are working in pharmaceuticals, actually working in there. Because it's one thing working in there, it's another thing having the theory of it. You need to speak to people who are in there. They go to the factories, they go to the companies, they do the jobs in the pharmaceuticals, ask them what do you do, how does it work, to get a detailed reply and answer of what goes on, how it goes on, and then you can work out how it's going to uh, work, if it's going to be possible or not. Anybody else? Alright, so we'll leave it on that for today. Then next week is off conference, and then the week after that we'll come back, inshallah ta'ala, and resume with the second half of the book.